tried to be cute. I tried to be clever. But the fact of the matter is, baseball caught me. And I forgot that any day could be a special day. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. This episode is being dropped on the 11th day of May 2022. And we're going to be talking about a great night of baseball that snuck up on your pal Sully. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Lockdown MLB Pods. You can follow me personally. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And thanks so much for making us your first listen as we're available on all your free podcasting catchers. Let me tell you what I did. I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see that uh, there's no picture again. Um, I'm fixing a problem. It's going to take a couple of days to get everything working right. Uh, uh, But we have the, I couldn't record this in my office. And you'll find out why in a second. So here's the deal. Pulling back the curtain a little bit, your pal Sully is going to have an incredibly busy bunch of days. Like, there's so many plates spinning, and I'm trying to keep my weekend completely free. I don't want to do any schoolwork. I don't want to do any of my work for my classes. I don't want to do any work for anything else. I just want to keep my weekend free, and you'll find out why later. But I'm like, you know what? Last weekend... I did a couple of what are called evergreen podcasts. And those are podcasts that are not time sensitive, that you can put them on any day. And I think they're pretty informative and they, they were, you know, they think they're going to be good. And I specifically recorded one to drop on Wednesday because I knew Tuesday was just going to be crazy. And the idea of me recording a podcast, well, was a bit too much. I said, you know what? I'm going to record this in advance. I'm going to take that night off. No podcast for for Sully on Tuesday night. We get everything done. And what happened? A wild bananas night of baseball. Of which it just doesn't seem right to have a daily baseball podcast and ignore what happened today. So here's the deal. Before I was going to lay down my slumber... I said, I got to do an emergency podcast. I got to fire up the recording equipment. Can't get the picture up again. Okay, fine. Fine. We'll do something else. But the fact of the matter is, I need to record. And here we are. And let's do first thing first. One of the great things about baseball is it could be a Tuesday night and something extraordinary can happen. And it happened in Anaheim. In Anaheim you saw a no-hitter being thrown. And a no-hitter from someone who is relatively young, relatively new, and with a lot of, well, potential hanging around his neck. Reed Detmers came up, left-handed pitcher, young left-handed pitcher, still uh, still a rookie. He played a handful of games last year, but still has rookie eligibility. And he went up against a really good 
Tampa Bay Rays team and went the distance. No pitch count going on for him. Went the distance and threw the no-hitter. And there was a moment, and I call it the CC Sabathia rule that I would have. That there was the reason I call it that is that CC Sabathia, I believe when he was playing for Milwaukee, was he let up a infield hit in a game very early in the game that could have gone either way. And it was ruled a hit. It very well easily could have been ruled an error. And he did not retire batter. He did not let up a hit the rest of the way. And so if that one hit was ruled an error, he may have had a no-hitter. But then again, without the pressure of a no-hitter, who knows, maybe he would have pitched differently. Anyway, I call it the CC Sabathia rule is if it's the first hit of the game and it can go either way, give it an error. Give it an error. Let's not break up the no-hitter with a questionable call. And guess what? Because you can go back and change a ruling, change a scorekeeper decision. If they get a clean hit, then you can go back and say, you know what, the, the scorekeeper changed that and uh, to a hit or whatever. But the fact of the matter is the first hit should be just a real hit, a legit hit, one that isn't a coin toss. And there was a moment in the game, in the sixth or seventh inning, was a ground ball to the shortstop. There was a ground ball in the infield, and it was a tough play. And the scorekeeper, it really could have gone either way, and the scorekeeper ruled it a error, keeping the no-hitter alive at that point. And basically... You know, I think it could have. You could have seen it being ruled a hit. I'm just glad it wasn't. You know, that's not a way to break up a no hitter. Of course, there's a gigantic flaw in the CC Sabathia rule because if it goes either way, uh, and it's the first inning, you know, that's that breaks up the no hitter right there. But that's my rule. If it's a questionable call, it's the first hit of the game. If it's if it's on the fence, you rule it an error. Until further notice. Because I like no-hitters. And here's a guy, he was the number one pick a couple of years ago. And the Angels are now starting to develop a pitching staff. With Sandoval pitching well. They're getting good outings out of Syndergaard and Otani. They get Detmers in there. All of a sudden, there's something magical happening in Anaheim. You know, what was the thing I was screaming about? That you have the, the best player in baseball and the most exciting, dynamic, interesting player in baseball are teammates, and they have no shot of going to the postseason because their pitching stink. Well, guess what? Their pitching's looking pretty good now. We're approaching, you know, roughly, very soon we're going to be around the one-quarter mark of the season. When you get 40 games into the season, you know, that's what's 4 times 40, 160. So it's roughly... The one quarter mark is when you hit the game number 40. And we're rapidly approaching that. And the Angels are giving the good folks of Anaheim and Los Angeles and California, let's go to California, some hope for the thing that I desperately want to see, which is a postseason involving Mike Trout and involving Shohei Otani. Now, Mike Trout hit two home runs today, and Trout is heating up, and Otani is heating up. Now, the second Trout home run 
was when Phillips was pitching for Tampa Bay. It was a 12-0 final. And they wound up doing the thing where they bring in the utility infielder to pitch to save an arm. Uh, I, I think that the this is an example of, I think there should be the option that a team could wave the white flag. But in a no-hitter, they're never going to allow a, no, uh, a white flag to happen. Now, Mike Trout hit one of his home runs off of a utility infielder. Okay? Um, when you're facing a... Um, when, you, when you're facing a position player pitching, then I, I don't look at a home run the same way. I mean, Mike Trout is an elite all-time player, and poor Phillips is a guy just taking one for the team. Now, granted, Trout did nothing wrong hitting a home run. Phillips was just chucking him down the middle of the plate, and Trout was swinging first pitch. I mean, they were doing what you're supposed to do. It just so happens that he connected and hit a home run. So I I don't look at those types of home runs, if it's against a position player, as almost counting as much. With one exception, Anthony Rendon came up, and I love this. Of course, I I would love this until it results in an injury, but Anthony Rendon came up, and he's a right-handed hitter, and he wound up batting left-handed, I guess just because why not? And he crushed a home run Left-handed. Now, mind you, Joey Gall- uh, Joey Votto. Well, no, Joey, does Joey Gallo or Joey Votto? One, one of the Joeys is homerless at this point. I think it's, yeah, Joey Votto is homerless at this point. And, um, and Rendon has his, a home run from the left side. The, Trout should have hit left-handed, you know, or dropped the bunt. I don't know. The fact of the matter is this. He hit a home run off a position player, but he wasn't hitting normally. That's kind of fun. I have to admit, that's kind of fun. I'm, not, I'm getting a little tired of position players pitching, but in that instance, it was kind of fun. But things are getting really fun in Anaheim because the Angels are still in first place. And now, granted, the Houston Astros are charging. And any other day, uh, Justin Verlander who nearly threw a no-hitter himself, let up one hit in eight shutout innings, uh, any other day he would be the MVP and own baseball. But this was the Angels' night. Does this mean it's also the Angels' year? Baseball better hope so. Baseball better hope that this isn't just a fast start for them, that this is a year where things turn around, that they, they realize that they actually have a good pitching staff, and maybe with an additional piece here or there in the bullpen, they can go on. Because Otani is the most interesting star in baseball with his ability to hit and pitch. And Trout's a generational talent. And they need to be showcased in October. And this could be a year where the two major markets, New York and Los Angeles, could really see some serious representation in this October because some magic took place in the Bronx that I'm going to talk about in our next segment. But first, let's talk a little bit about Athletic Greens. Now, take a look at this. This is a product that I've used, okay? And I'm trying to take better care of myself, better health of myself, better care of my health, You know what I'm trying to say. And I've been using it for a few months. 
I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I kind of look forward to. And it's great. It's great when you just sort of stir it up, you drink it down, and it is, Athletic Greens is there for your gut health. You get tons of people like to take a take vitamin, and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And then you have Athletic Greens is a subscription that comes with a year supply of vitamin D, and they have all of the lifestyles that you have. It is friendly for vegan, paleo, dairy-free, gluten-free. And it supports better sleep quality, recovery, supports mental clarity, alertness. It's the one thing, it, the one thing is with the best things, okay? It's Athletic Greens. These the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testings. Now, I'll tell you what. Let me just tell you what's going to happen. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient and daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and free travel packs, five of them, with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. Take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen. Your second listen should be Locked On Now. Recaps of baseball games with analysis from the local experts taking fans through the season like no other network, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I was listening to the end of the Yankee-Blue Jays game. And it was a back-and-forth game. The Blue Jays pitched very well. It looked like they were throwing a no-hitter kind of deep into the game at one point. There were both teams rallied. And the Blue Jays took a two-run lead into the bottom of the ninth inning. They got the first out. Romero was pitching. Their all-star closer on the mound. And he the... Romero with a was with a five three lead they had, and the Yankees decided to allow Trevino, the catcher, to bat. He's not a great hitter, but he got on by by a walk. Number nine hitter, batting one eighty nine with an OPS under five, walked with one out and nobody on. And at that moment, I should have gone to Bet Online, liquidated every dollar I had, and put it on. The Yankees are winning this game. And LeMahieu walked, and the pitches weren't even close, and Judge came up. And it was as predictable as the sun rising and the sun setting. It was just there. Anyone with a set of eyes knew exactly what was going to happen. And it was not going to be a game-ending double play by Aaron Judge. Judge took a swing, and boom, it went so, it just, one of those, like, the minute he hit the ball, everyone said, oh, that's an upper deck shot, which is exactly what it was, which was actually the first walk-off home run in the history of uh, Aaron Judge's career, which I did not realize. Now, Aaron Judge was playing center field. It was the first time a, a 
Yankee center fielder hit a was it I think it was the first time that a Yankee center fielder hit a three run home run walk off home run to win the game since Claudel Washington did it. I heard someone say it was the first Yankee center fielder to hit a walk off home run. But I know for a fact Bernie Williams hit several walk-off home runs, including one that clinched the division. And I know he hit one in the postseason against the Red Sox. But it was a game that uh, Claudel Washington hit a home run, I think they were referring to. Either way, it was a big night for the Yankees. And as Stacey Gatsoulis pointed out, and I pointed out, the you know, Stacey Gatsoulis of Locked on Yankees, check out her show, it's wonderful, the Yankees are winning games they would have lost last year. This was a game they would have lost last year. And mind you, the Yankees weren't bad last year. They were a 90 some on win team. But they lost a lot of dumb games. They could have easily been a 96-97 win team last year. This was a game they would have lost. The other day, Nestor Cortez, who has become their ace... Took a no hitter into the eighth inning, but it was a no. It was a no score. We talked about that with uh, um, with Millard on uh, yesterday's show. But the deal is this: they're getting great performances from Cole. They're getting great performance from Nestor Cortez. Their bullpen is unbelievable. You know, you know, I'm not a fan of Chapman, the human being, but he's been a tremendous pitcher, and King has been outstanding. King's become an all star, and they're getting the hits when they need it. They're getting the plays when they need it. They're getting the walks when they need it. And you have to give credit where credit is due. The Yankees have shot to first place, and they have been beating teams, whether it's Tampa, whether it's Boston, whether it's Toronto, that these games are going to add up. These are the games that the Yankees can't afford to lose, and they're winning them. And they're beating up Baltimore, which they didn't do last year. All the dumb things that didn't happen last year are happening this year. And look at I'm the first to say I trashed the Yankees a ton this offseason. And again, we're, we're not quite at the one-quarter mark, so a lot of things can collapse. You know, there's a lot of talk about the what a magical team this year and a magical run, and things are falling together. Well, at this point last year... It looked like the Padres were going on a magical run. They were winning games. They were winning all, you know, extra inning games. They got their first ever no-hitter. All these things happened, and then we saw how things could fall apart so fast. That being said, I gave a lot of grief to Boone. I gave a lot of grief to Cashman about how the team was constructed and how the team was put together and how the team was run. Well, so far, so good. If we're going to trash them, all the people who trashed them, and me included, this is the best depth I've seen on a Yankee pitching staff since they won the World Series in 2009. And they've had some good pitchers on their team since then. But the fact of the matter is, top to bottom, their pitching staff right now is the best they've had since they were a World Series winner. And that's scary. If you're not a Yankee fan, if you're a classic Yankee hater, that's scary. Because maybe, just maybe, Boone and this group learned from what happened right last year and what happened that was wrong last year. Maybe, just maybe, 
This team is the team that, that a lot of people predicted they'd be over the last few years. As they've been regressing away from the LCS since Joy Buzzer Altuve hit the walk-off home run against uh, Aroldis Chapman, then you know we've seen them lose the division series to the Rays and lose the division series or lose the wild card game to Boston last year, not even get to the division series, and it looked like they were regressing and they sat out those Carlos Correa sweepstakes and all this other stuff. Tough to argue with the team right now. If we if you were one of the people like me giving the team grief, giving Cashman grief, giving Boone grief. I'm not saying eat crow, because it's only we're not quite at the one fourth mark. But what a one fourth. You know, as I'm recording this, as I am avoiding just dropping the evergreen episode, right now, the New York Yankees are a whopping twenty one and, and I think it's twenty one and six or twenty one and eight. It was 21 and 8. Okay, they're not as good as 21 and 6. They have a run differential of plus 50. They're playing 724 ball. That is the best record in baseball right now. The best winning percentage in baseball. If you trashed them, guess what? You got to praise them now. Now, of course, all this can go into the cesspool. And no one will remember any of this if their October ends early. But that being said, there's some magic that's happening with the Yankees right now. And I, I did not bet on this happening. I did not see this happening. And let me tell you something. When the next time Aaron Judge is up and you know he's going to be the winning run, it is a surefire bet the Yankees are going to win that game. And guess what? If you're going to make bets, go to Bet Online who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Well, you know, the Yankees and the Angels are providing a lot of magic. And guess what? The Dodgers are, too. You know, the Dodgers, which were kind of the consensus pick for a lot of people, you know, certainly my pick to win the World Series. Well, they're 20 and 8. They're doing their, they're doing their turn. They have a plus 80 ERA, a plus 80 run differential, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, San Francisco and San Diego are all, both off the tremendous starts, too. And guess what? For the first time in, what, like three or four years, the Diamondbacks are three games above 500. How do you like that, Millard? And hey, check this out. The Rockies are above 500. All five teams in the National League West are above 500 right now. Meanwhile, only one team is above 500 in the National League East, and that's the New York Mets whose run differential is a plus 38. And uh, yesterday, the Mets with Carrasco, who's been a tremendous pickup for them, and they squeaked past the, uh, with a rat on the field, (laughs) the Mets rallied 
Uh, McNeil got the big two-run double. The Mets won again against Washington. Imagine this. <laughs> the Angels and the Yankees in the ALCS. The Dodgers and the Mets in the NLCS. L.A., New York, L.A., New York. Well, yeah, it's, it, it is weird to call the Angels L.A. They're not L.A., they're Anaheim, but still. Still. The stars will be aligning. Superstars galore. And before everyone says, oh, the big market teams buy every title. Well, since in the last 20 years, the last 20 years, the Angels, Mets, Yankees and Dodgers have combined for three World Series titles. Between them, three. And the Angels just sneak under the wire there because they won in 2002. Okay? In 20 years, you had the 2002 Angels, the 2009 Yankees, and the Dodgers in the COVID season. In fact, since 2009, only the Dodgers in that weird postseason have won a title of that group. So it's not like they've been dominating it. And you know what? Sometimes you need to have a big market team in there. You know, we've had some smaller market teams in there. We've had some mid-range market teams in there. A good old-fashioned L.A. versus New York, ALCS and NLCS might be good for baseball. And by the way, I just want to say this. I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily rooting for that. I mean, I mean, I would still love to see, uh, you know, Seattle in the World Series. Love to see the Red Sox do something. You know, I'd, I'd love to see it unfold. But just for the good of the game, it's good to have stars go far and go deep. I think it builds things up. But let's remind ourselves again something else. We almost didn't have this. Remember? Remember two months ago? And it looked like the labor deal was going to fall apart. And we were be listening about this or that. Or maybe the season was going to miss the first month or so. Isn't this great? We're talking baseball. And we're going to be without any labor interruption for the next bunch of years. And we're talking about a young pitcher who's still a rookie throwing a no-hitter. We're seeing superstars hitting walk-off home runs. We're seeing wild, crazy games where rookies dominating on the mound as well as grizzled veterans like Justin Verlander. You're seeing a weird game between the Red Sox and the Braves. We saw a lot of just this wonderful games being played. And, you know, you said the you had the... Astros defeat a team that was headed by Carlos Correa. The Orioles beat the Cardinals. That will ever haunt the Cardinals down the stretch. The White Sox did not collapse down the stretch, and Giolito pitched well against the Guardians. The Padres held on against the Cubs. The Mariners held on against the Phils. A lot of great games took place, and we're celebrating that on a random night a random Tuesday night, and you had something extraordinary happen with a no-hitter, the three-run walk-off home run, a left-handed home run from a right-handed hitter. It's quite a night. And we're talking about this instead of labor issues 
and that's not bad. And I tried to sneak an evergreen podcast past you. And do you know what? The baseball god said, nope. Let's hear what you have to say. Now, keep in mind, if you're following this podcast on both the YouTube and on the regular show, uh, you will hear what was going to be the Evergreen Podcast is going to drop later today. So you're actually going to have two episodes today. You are going to get your five episodes this week, but you're going to have two drop on Wednesday and then one drop on Friday. And then I'm going to take the weekend off, and you'll find out why later. But... Yep, this is my emergency podcast. No video. I'm recording it in my pajamas. So follow us on Lockdown MLB Pods on both Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Being called into duty by the baseball gods. This has been Lockdown MLB for the 11th day of May, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.